personally speak to an awful lot on sports because there there are a couple of things I did not realize. Well, one that one, one biggie that I didn't realize is my situation with my phone. All right, so I've had the same phone number. It was mine, and a few years ago, um, you know, uh, had the opportunity for my my other employer <laughs> offered to cover my phone. So, so the phone is it's it's not mine now. It's the university's phone. I did not realize that if you leave the country, you need to make arrangements to even be able to access Wi-Fi. I did not realize that. I mean, so wait, so you're only I'm normally Dan, I'm Dan Peck, by the way, for folks who have hey, been listening hey, to the show for the Well, uh, so, how long? Now, man, oh man, I, I heard it down. So, yeah. so sorry to hear no, about your about your about your grandpa. It's it's, it's okay. I was, uh, you know, it, it's. I'm. Uh, thank you for your condolences. He uh, he was a big part of the reason I like sports as as much as I do. He's a big part of my upbringing. Sure. And um, yeah, he had a, a, an amazing life. Ninety four years old, passed away after a brief illness uh, late last week. Uh, his, his name was Earl Peck. You can check out his bio. Actually, Maxwell Air Force Base. Has, oh yeah, uh, has cool. a, one of his bios out there. And he he had a long decorated career as a uh, as, as a general in the United States Air Force and and was uh, was the father of seven, grandfather of twenty four, including mm. me. And I, I wasn't. I wasn't terribly close to my mom's parents, uh, who, who both passed away before I was born, and so that's a big reason why. And um, they, uh, so, 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 my my dad's dad, my granddad was re- right. he was really my only grandfather, and yeah, I was I was pretty close to him, and it's uh, it's it's sad, but he. Uh, he, he did like I can look back on the incredible life he was able to live and uh, and, and smile and think about the, the good times and I know that he uh, he had a, he had a lot of people who cared about him and a lot of people who uh, who are going to miss him a lot. Yeah. So uh, uh, so really really sorry to hear about that. So you were here last Monday and Tuesday. I was Tuesday. Yeah, I was here okay. Tuesday. We we didn't do a show actually. We were uh, we were off last Monday, right? Wasn't it? A, right. We were off. Monday? That's right. We, we were off Monday. Last we, Monday was MLK Day. We were off. Right. Uh, we were off Monday. We did a show Tuesday. Full. We had a bases loaded lineup on Tuesday. We had four oh, guests because yeah? we had Gary Parrish. To start oh the show. yeah, that's right. And it I, was, yeah, it's a shame. I, I really hated missing that. Check check the podcast. He wants to come back on closer to the tournament and okay. talk about some great. of the teams in the field, and that that'll be great because he had some uh, some real interesting thoughts on teams that we don't talk about very much, and some uh, some insight into Auburn as well. But we had Ferguson on because it was the only time he could make it oh, last okay. week as well. So we talked to talked to Justin, and then our usual Tuesday guests were on the show as well. So I would check out yeah check out Tuesday's show if you can. But that was the only time I was on last week's show, and, and from that point on. I assume we had programming, but I was... I couldn't check it. I, and I was going to say, I, 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 had, I was so out of touch. And on the ship, it said that we had ESPN. You know what it was? Deportes? Did you have yeah, it was yeah. ESPN International, nice. ESPN Deportes. Okay. I mean, uh, but I, I never so saw... Who's looking, who's looking good in that? I never in- saw scores. It was the Australian Open 24-7 on one of the two ESPN channels. And don't get the, me don't get me started on the Australian Open because there is some, something incredible happened. I think ESPN's well, going to show it watching later. It. Well, so, something incredible happened overnight in the oh, Australian okay. Open, and there, and there is a. Did you know? So the briefly on this, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Ben Shelton is the young man's name, NCAA men's champion in tennis, mm-hmm. reigning NCAA mm-hmm. men's tennis champion from the University of Florida. This is the first <laughs> time he's ever been outside of the United States. And he is in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open in his debut in a Grand Slam. He came from behind and beat a another American uh, named uh, JJ Wolf in the great names in this uh, in, in this tennis right. tournament. But yeah, he came back and beat the Wolf 
in uh, the, uh, the 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 fourth round last night. Big time rally. He was down uh, two sets to one and, and had to uh, to win the last two to win the thing. But but that's a for for a sport that we don't talk about at all, and uh, really Americans have been largely irrelevant on the men's side for the last couple of decades. Sure, Ben they Shelton, have. reigning NCAA men's tennis champion Ben Shelton from from the SEC, from the University of Florida, is doing big things in the Australian Open, and this could be a really big week for him as he continues into the quarterfinals. So I would I would encourage folks to check that well, out. Well, maybe you, I should have watched. Since so, you, I mean, well, it just was frustrating because every time I'd, I'd go by, it's like that's that's it. That's all there was. Well, that's not the only thing going on right now. So I can no, understand no, you'd the, want access. Yeah, I, I did want to. Ha- I wanted to have a clue. I had no idea. I mean, I get an update occasionally uh, from some from someone else whose whose phone, you know, could access Wi-Fi when when we were near places where there was Wi-Fi, which which wasn't an awful lot. So, yeah. So I, I was more than a little out of touch last week, but had a great time. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can see why some of those folks are there. It's like they they know each other. It's like a lot of those folks just make the make you know. It's an annual pilgrimage. So, so yeah. Your, I, your review of the cruise, though, well, I mean, great. I think that's the first thing. You, uh, well, first the, things first. The the music was music was fabulous, uh, outstanding. I mean, we had great weather. Uh, we only we only saw clouds a few times. Got uh, a shower, a brief shower one time while the Mavericks were playing, and they 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 tried to pause because they thought the audience would. They didn't, uh, so they sort of changed the set and did some rain songs and stuff. And then the rain stopped, and we had a, we had a, we had a great time. Um, great, the man, the food is unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know that I can fit into any of my clothes now. Uh, I've got a series. I need to find. We, we need to find some more sponsorships, something to incentivize. Man, I'm ser- I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm wearing sweatpants today because I really don't know if I can fit into anything else. The food is so good, and there's so much. I mean, they have like breakfast from whenever. I mean, I, I know um, at, at least seven o'clock. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see. and before break until like ten, then they take a break. They take a break, and lunch is like eleven to two, and then there's an hour break while they redo. And then then there's like afternoon stuff from three to five. There's dinner from six to nine, and then there's late night from like eleven to two. And I mean, it is full buffet with about everything you could imagine at all times, and just top notch. So. So yeah, it was great. That's 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 great. one thing I hear. I mean, the food is is one thing that people often come back raving about on these cruises and the and the places you get to go and and, and what you get to see both on the cruise and <sighs> oh, oh yeah. was, it was it Cozumel was it it was Cozumel it was um, a little spot uh, Costa Maya uh, okay. and then Cozumel and then a little private island in the Bahamas um, before we before we came back. That's cool. Yeah, so, it was. So have you had you ever been to the parts of the country that I went to up in? Uh, Huntington, West Virginia, near the University of Marshall, during Marshall University's yeah. campus. Yeah, and, then there's, and then there's Harrisonburg, which is where James Madison is located, mm-hmm. and we drove between those two. But I'd never been to either of those places. Huntington is gorgeous. Like, it's a, it's a, there's rolling hills, yes. and there's, you know, it, it, even though it's winter, so that, you know, the trees aren't as, as lush. You've got there color, still, you've got, yeah. yeah. And, and you can, mm-hmm. you know, there's parts that overlook, you know, not just the town, but some neighboring towns. The parts around uh, the the city are I don't know it's a really uh, it's it's a really neat looking city that I'd never been to before and and you know parts of geography that I don't experience uh, very often I had issues getting in and out of uh, my, I, I don't know how oh, yeah? your, I don't know how your travel went uh, getting to uh, no problems no problem no problems although that's a long drive uh, I was nine hours down it ended up being closer to ten back because it ra- 
it, weather here must not have been beautiful last week, from from what I could tell. Uh, talked to some folks, yeah, that it wasn't too, wasn't too pretty. I had a lot of limbs down, but I mean, it rained from below Ocala all the way back, so it took a lot longer to get back. But I mean, it's an easy it's an it's an easy drive. I mean, you're not uh, you know you're, you're you're not you're not worried about an awful lot. I'm I'm worried about the only thing is I was contemplating whether or not I should buy a Sun Pass. After being on the toll road as many times as I was, but how many times am I going to be on it again? I think I still have one sitting around in the uh, in, in the trunk that still <laughs> still corresponds to the eight five owner. So so I uh, took the we've discussed this before on the show, and I'm an outspoken proponent of it. I volunteered to get off the plane when it was overweight and they needed someone to take the voucher. So I got some, yeah okay I got some American Airlines bucks uh, and, and had to take a later flight from. Montgomery to Charlotte, and then from Charlotte to Charlie West, which is what they call Charleston, West Virginia. Which okay. I, I, oh, a, I didn't know that. I think it's a great name. I think yeah. it's a great nickname. Well, because if you say Charleston, people will a lot of people assume South Carolina, and so yeah, I, I guess, guess so. I guess the terminology that that a couple of different people used in the airport was Charlie West, which I just think is a, a cool little nickname for a city. So, uh, so I, uh, I I have to plan another vacation pretty soon, Bill, because now I've got some extra American. <laughs> I've got right qu- quite a bit of American Airlines bucks to uh, uh, to spend, and then on the. The the ride home was a little bit more of an ordeal because uh, our flight from Atlanta to Montgomery was canceled. So we we flew we drove after the West after the James Madison game. We immediately went to Richmond, stayed the night at a hotel near the airport in Richmond, and then the plan was to fly Richmond to Atlanta to Montgomery. But the weather prevented flights from coming into the Montgomery airport for much of yesterday, especially because I guess there's some airport construction going on right now involving the runways. Hmm. And so with the shorter runways, maybe they're being a little bit more cautious in wet weather. And so it was difficult flying into Montgomery yesterday. We ended up, uh, as, as a team, renting cars and, and driving much of the way. I encountered a, um, a, a guy waiting... In customer service, I told the story on the. Uh, did you hear the Max Roundtable earlier? Yeah, today? I did. Yeah, I, that, that was that was a really cool well, story. They, yeah, they, I mean, they asked they asked me about it. And it's, I guess yeah, because it's gone. well, I'll tell you why I heard because I got a text this morning. We got in late. I got a text this morning from Bill going, "Is one okay today? One one o'clock okay today?" And I went, uh, "Yeah, I guess." But I wasn't going to have anything to add really because I I I couldn't talk and I, about what happened last week. But I never heard back, so I thought I was waiting a call. I'd gotten a shower quick, was going to go by the office, try to take care of some some of the nearly, it was almost almost exactly a thousand emails, by the way, that I, wow. uh, that I got when my phone finally came back uh, yesterday. Um, so I was wanting to try to take care of some of the, some of the uh, business that I needed to. I mentioned and I was bill. waiting for the call. I, I, I was men- waiting for the call, and I hear you. I mentioned a bill that I, I didn't know if you were back in the country today or tomorrow, and so I told him maybe... Uh, I was I was willing to volunteer and take okay. your spot if it didn't hear from you, and so in that situation, I guess. Well, I I didn't ever heard back okay, after well, I said that should be okay. I don't want I don't want to I don't want this that's to become fine. adversarial. With, no, with the no, max, that's with the max that's fine. table. They're lovely, I wouldn't, they're like lovely I said, people. I wouldn't have had much to add. You had a great story, right? So so we we were in customer service yesterday in Atlanta, and there were some folks trying to figure out how they were going to get back to Montgomery, and I started chatting in line with this gentleman who. It uh, turns out he knew my dad from the, their work on Maxwell Air Force Base, and he was uh, also trying to figure out how he was going to get back to Montgomery. And we 
didn't want to just leave him behind as we figured things out as a team. And so I kind of added him to the entourage, and we were, we were bringing him around. His name's Tom. He's 89 years old. He was also just getting back from a cruise, and he'd been in the airport for about 36 hours because he was going to try to – he stayed the night in the airport thinking he would get on the earliest flight possible. Mm-hmm. The weather sort of delayed that plan. Apparently he'd been on a flight that went to Montgomery, thought about landing, and then came back to Atlanta. So it was like he'd been teased with the, with the possibility of getting wow. back. So we were, we were figuring out how we were going to get home, and – I guess we decided as a team that several Troy employees were going to rent cars, and I had I had a, a spot in one of those cars. But I asked him what he was going to do, and, and uh, he he uh, insisted on paying for his own rental car. But I offered to drive him if he uh, if if he if he rented a car, and he, he rented a car, and we we got him back to Montgomery safely, and Great. got him picked up by a, a family member. And I think we're going to get him to come to the game on Thursday because oh, that's that's the, cool. The team really took to him. There's a picture on Coach Rigby's uh, social media that's kind of gone viral, and some people have have shared of of Tom uh, with the uh, with the team. He's a Troy grad, class of 1975. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's pretty cool to see him with the women's basketball team, and we're thinking maybe uh, yeah he's he's the team Tom now. There's a team mom, I like it, and now we've uh, now we've now we've got a team Tom. Oh, that's cool. So some yeah, just a, l- a little of what was going on. Oh, I, 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 um, I I did get the I had multiple opportunities to find out what a small world it is. I mean, if you wear anything, you know, you find if you wear anything that's got Auburn on it or an AU or a whatever. My wife and I. Both would. I mean, just occasionally you'd, you'd get a worry. I got. I got a couple. Got a couple from. Uh, got a couple of Alabama fans that, that let me know they, uh, how of they course. talk about it too. Of course. But uh, but it was cool. Last day, I didn't realize that uh, uh, as as we're going down and looking at some of the merchandise and everything, um, go downstairs and and I see this gorgeous. I mean. This this just fantastic. I didn't even realize it was a watercolor. It looked like a picture of Delbert McClinton, and the artist is there. And I say something to him, and he's like, oh, "Where are you guys from?" And oh, he said, um, "Oh, so maybe maybe Kathy had it in Auburn something." He goes, oh, "Where are you guys from?" And I said, "Auburn." And he goes, "Oh, I live in Grove Hill." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, uh, Clint Herring, fantastic." watercolorist yeah showed yeah i mean really you had to look at, at the at the at the watercolor of delbert mcclinton but he showed us one that he has done for the athletic department for bruce pearl and the athletic department of charles barkley which is fabulous so shout out i mean small world and it's it's great to to meet someone with with uh, that kind of ability to do that, I said I told him I said my mom was an artist, but I mean just seeing something like that, and you go, man, we that seem is, to encounter that is fantastic. We seem to encounter really talented artists. I mean, not yeah. Wild Bill and what what he could You're do right. with, with woodwork and stone and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, we, we've uh, we've we've run into those types yeah. every now and then. What was the, give the name again? Clint, yeah, Clint Herring. Is there is there any contact info that he'd want people to have? You know, if, if they can find. I him think on... you can just go to uh, Clint dot Herring. Dot art is what it appears. So okay, try yeah. Search yeah. search for Clint Herring's art on on Facebook people. at Clint Herring. Yeah, I'm sure it's on. I'm sure it's on Google too. So yeah, that, that's that's really really cool, Bill. All right, uh, Brian Matthews joining us too. Brian, how was your week last week? It's pretty good. Another busy one. Basketball, two road wins, which I thought was very very impressive. No um, kidding. I mean, granted, I mean they're they're not they're not great teams, but convincing road wins uh, is very impressive. In this league. You know, you win by double digits on the road in the SEC. I don't care who the opponent is. That's impressive. And then you add on to that, they were wire to wire in both games, did not trail. 
uh, led from start to finish. I, I just think that's um, just terrific work by this team, and you can see them getting better there. So much better than they were, you know, a few weeks ago when they lost on the road to Georgia. Oh, and yeah. Taking, and taking care of – I know we're up against a break, but taking care of business early in those games and building those kind yep. of leads, one thing that it – I mean, among the different positives that come from that, you get some of the players that maybe wouldn't get a lot of minutes in a super tight game. They get on the floor in the second half, and they get to play. And not only does that matter, you know, to their self-confidence and, and their, you know, feelings of self-worth – but it also matters because it helps them improve. It helps them get familiarity with the system, and you might they might be more ready if called upon in crunch time. Yoan Treor being able yep. to get out there mm-hmm. and play a lot in a game because Auburn built a 26-point lead in the second half against South Carolina, that could pay dividends later in the season if he's called upon in a key moment. Well, I mean, you've seen Alan Flanagan step up and sort of return to his sophomore um, production. Best right? basketball Wendell Green's played in yep. an Auburn uniform, I think, this last four or five game stretch, you know, since, since conference play started. Jalen Williams is playing the best he's ever played. Uh, Janai Broom had a couple of off games, but came back and had his best game of the season and at Zep, South Carolina. Zepp's plus minus comes through almost every night, too. Right. And, it, you know, maybe the offense is quiet at times, but it matters when he's out there because of what he's doing defensively against the other team's best ball handler. It's, yep. it's just over and over again. It's, it's one of those reasons why it, it's not just about what a guy gives you offensively and the volume of his production. It's, is he maximizing his minutes on the floor? And Zepp Jasper often does that because of what he can do when the other team has the ball. He does. You mentioned Traor. He's coming around. Um, we'll see what – I expect Chris Moore back this week. So, you know, we'll see what he can bring. And then, you know, if you watch this team, maybe there's another guy that's about to start stepping up and playing better. Maybe a Katie Johnson will be more efficient. Maybe – Zip Jasper, who you mentioned, can start knocking down threes a little bit more um, consistently. You know, somebody, you know, maybe somebody else can, can keep stepping up for this team. That just seems to be uh, who this team is, their identity. Well, a lot to be excited about. I mean, they're up to number 15, 16 yep. and 3 overall, 6 and 1 in the conference. It gets tough, but I mean, this is what you want. I mean, they're getting better. Uh, and the schedule is getting tougher, so yeah, uh, we'll, very much yeah, tougher. Yeah, yeah we'll, I, did, I did them. Uh, we'll talk about it when no, we come back. Oh yeah, we've got plenty of time. We'd love for you to join in. It's Bill, Dan, Brian, Drew at the controls here on the Monday Drive. You're live on the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Monday Drive. 24 minutes after 4 o'clock. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews from AuburnSports.com. We'd love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Sponsor of our number one of the drive. And, of course, the uh, sponsor of the Kia of Auburn hotline. Uh, love love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, 334-321-1390. That's right, and we were talking basketball at the end of the segment uh uh, to start the show, we haven't really gotten into much football, uh, you know, yet. But uh, that that was, I mean, that, that now that's something I'm a little bit out of the loop on. But I'm excited to talk to Brian about because, and it's not really just the the last week or so. But I'd say now, looking at from the moment Hugh Freeze took the job to right now, 
what what he's been able to accomplish and the players he's been able to get into the fold at Auburn. I mean, where where are you on Hugh Freeze through the first few weeks of of his uh, of his time as Auburn's head coach? I'm still in awe of it, uh, what he's done on the offensive and defensive line. I mean, we've complained about the offensive line going on a decade just about. Mm-hmm. And he brought in seven in January. Three or four are probably going to be starters. Yeah, three in the transfer portal and a junior college, yep. a junior college All-American. And, and so. he's got another really highly regarded tackle coming in May, a high school kid, uh, Tyler uh, Johnson. So, I mean, A-plus right there. And then the defensive line did the same thing. Went out and got three transfers. And and, and, and Zeke Walker back. Yep, yep. And uh, flipped uh, the kid from Arkansas, uh, Stephen Johnson. Signed Keldrick Falk, who became a five-star today on Rivals in our final rankings. How about, how about that? that? Yeah, how about that? Auburn's highest-rated uh, signee now. And uh, just first, did a first, tremendous job. First defensive lineman, first five-star defensive lineman Auburn has signed out of, ooh, it was, was Lee Hunter a five-star? Because I, I was going to say Derek think Brown, so, but yeah, probably Lee, Derek Brown. Lee was pretty Marlon highly Davidson, touted, but, maybe close. but Derek was Derek. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's what I was thinking. Maybe Auburn's first five-star defensive lineman out of high school since Derek Brown. Uh, but that's uh, yeah. How about that for Keldrick? Well, what can you what can you say about like what goes into reevaluating a player as a five-star from the the powers that be at, at those recruiting rankings? Well, a side like Rivals will only assign maybe I, I think we had around twenty. Two or so five stars going into December. And then you've got all that senior film you're getting in there, right? You've got all the all-star games. Yeah, the all-star game was huge. Right, the national all-star games and the regional ones like the Alabama-Mississippi State, Mississippi game. Um, and, and then you sort of put it all together in the end and, and you try to make those good evaluations because you want your five stars to be guys who three or four years from now are first-round NFL draft picks. That's how you want it to line up. And, um, you know, it's never going to be perfect. But um, I think it's great. He wasn't just a five star. I think he was. He was. I know he's top twenty in the country now. I think he's nineteen. Yeah, now. yeah. I know it was top twenty. So uh, that's that's very impressive. Very impressive. And of course, they got him on the uh, you know the final day. Flipped him from Florida State. Long time Florida State commitment. Uh, just did an outstanding job. Um, you freeze. Uh, Jeremy Garrett. You know the defensive line coach. All those guys just did an outstanding job. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's a, it is a tremendous start. I'm not I'm not completely shocked, but it is a pleasant surprise because I know one of the things Dan Dan had wondered. Well, he's he's sort of been out of the SEC for a little bit, yeah. And you know, people go, yeah, well, look look how he did it when he was at Ole Miss before. Now you can do that, and it's legal, right? But everybody can do it. So the question was, is he is he still going to be able? to not just but compete but win battles against some of those teams and the answer is yes 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 and it's going to be better it's going to be better than 24 and 25 classes because he's going to have more time to build those relationships so you know i I know auburn fans have been a little um you know i guess beat up over recruiting because it's gone the wrong way for so long now but that's about to change it's not just the players that he's been able to bring into the fold either it's also players that were thinking about leaving auburn or players who could have left auburn not yeah. just for the transfer portal you have players that fit that description uh, but also players that could have gone into the nfl draft yep. in 2023 mm-hmm. that have been convinced to play another year and that you know i'm not saying that Hugh Freeze gets all the credit for convincing them but right. that's part of recruiting re-recruiting your own roster and the players that have opportunities elsewhere and convincing them 
to stick around at Auburn is part of recruiting now more than ever before. Yeah. That That's part of the transfer portal. Well, DJ James is an all-SEC cornerback. Uh, Cameron Stutz is, could be a really good offensive guard with another year now that he's got that starting experience. Landon King. Yep. Landon King was, we'll was basically, right? but he was basically in the transfer portal and and you know decided yep. to come back based on the messaging of this uh, of this coaching staff. So yeah, I, th- I think that's a promising aspect of this too. And then uh, and 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 then keep an eye on this Saturday, right? Yes, yeah, huge day. junior day. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're... something that last year is like, oh, oh yeah, we ought to have one. Remember, yeah. remember that. Oh, I, I'll never oh, forget God. it. It was unbelievable. Let's have one. One nobody showed. Maybe we'll have another one. <laughs> there will be some that will show this week. Yeah. All right, Bill, Dan, and Brian, just a quarter of the way in. Love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 26 minutes away from 5 o'clock. Here on this uh, nice-looking Monday afternoon, Bill, Dan, and Brian, and uh, yeah, it's great, a lot. To, it's great to see you guys. By the way, it has been it's, it's, it's been, been a minute back. since we've been all three together. It, it's right? been it's yeah. been a little while. It's been and, a while, and, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a thrill to uh, it's a thrill to do this thing again, especially with good news to talk about. I think there's excitement in general from I mean the Auburn basketball, I mean the, the men's basketball team rolling right now with with the for the reasons we described earlier in the show, and then the football team. I mean, there's real excitement about some of the players uh, that uh, Hugh Freeze has been able to. Uh, to, to, to sign on, and they're, they might not be done, as, as Brian has mentioned already. I would say that they're, they're done for this time period, right? There's going to be a, another portal opening May 1st through 15th. Right. Um, I would expect some more. I would think they'll add at least, jump a, in. at least a couple more players. Definitely a quarterback. They would like another linebacker. They would like a speedy wide receiver that can stretch the defense. I, I think those would be the top three priorities. Is there, and, is there any you know, sort of timeline as far as when 2024 players could start committing, or could that happen at any time? Well, they, have, they have one commitment from Amon Lane, I believe it is. Uh, the, the DB out of um, just out of, outside of Birmingham. Uh, and I would be surprised if they don't start picking up 2024 commitments fairly soon. Yeah, that, that's going to happen. This is, this is a staff that recruits the way they're supposed to recruit, and that means you load up on the class early. You don't wait until, you know, September, October, November, December to try to fill out a class. You think, else you know, you're having these junior days here. There's a reason. I mean, yeah. you want to go ahead and make the impressions. You're already seeing comments from, uh, like, from uh, the, the, the running back down in South Alabama. He was yep. uh, pretty excited. Yep, yep. Right, now, the, the big the, – the time that you're going to get the most commitments is June and July. Right. Because uh, that's, Camps. that's when these guys – and also June is now a big official visit mm-hmm. uh, month. So that's when – but you can still get double-digit commits coming out of uh, January, February, March, April easily. 
And I think the staff will be close to that. Bill, we're out of practice. I don't know if we've done the phone number or the text box yet. I did the phone number oh, and threw it that, to you. And you right, that, right that, that's it? why I drew it. I looked at each other because I said, When was this? Well, just before you said something about, oh, yeah, we've a lot going on. I oh, mean, was that right? Did we yeah. do this already? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, out of practice. Kia then. of Auburn. I mentioned them. Remember? Kia of Auburn, really? I mentioned Kia of Auburn, the sponsor of the hotline and the phone number. Where was I? Yeah, I don't All know. Right. Well, I, I don't know. And I said, yeah, so you can call us at 321 1390 or. Well, I'm still in West Virginia, apparently. So we uh, you can text the show, 334-564-1840, the drive text box presented by, by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts, ESPNAU.com, or uh, look up The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform and get it that way, all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Three three yeah, and we just gave that number three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Whatever you want to talk about, uh, as we said, basketball schedule about to uh, start cranking up. Yes, very much so. Um, Auburn is about to go on a uh, on a period of time where they're playing Texas A and M home and away, Alabama home and away, Tennessee home and away, um, away Kentucky, at Vanderbilt, Kentucky away, away at Kentucky yeah. uh, away at West Virginia. If you look at the league record, the SEC record of Auburn's first seven uh, opponents, it's 13-34. and 34. The record of the last 11, some of these are repeat games, but their record is 31-15. and 15. We, we, so could easily, we could easily be sitting in a situation, this, this conversation came up on social media over the weekend, we could easily be looking at a situation where Auburn uh, is, has not beaten a team. That's not to say that, that Auburn has a lot of bad losses or anything like that. The team's record is good, but... Uh, Auburn may not have beaten a team that's going to make the NCAA tournament yet. Like it depends on what happens with Northwestern. It depends on what happens with Arkansas because they're in trouble right now, which seemed unthinkable earlier in the season. That's going to change. Auburn will have opportunities against teams that will be in the NCAA tournament, but right now uh, it's it's not you know that necessarily it hasn't happened on the schedule yet. So we're going to see where uh, we're going to see how Auburn fares against higher quality opponents from the conference. That's not to say Auburn can't hold their own. I think the team is playing very well right now, but that begins with Texas A&M, who's right yep. there where they in fourth place right now in the Bruce SEC, uh, and Buzz Williams usually has teams that match up well with Bruce Pearl's preferred style of basketball. Yep. So I think it'll be uh, I think that Wednesday's game should be very, very interesting. And it's one of those games Auburn needs as many win- wins as it can get now before it really hits the stretch. I know Texas A&M is part of that stretch, but this is the home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to feel like this is a game that Auburn needs to win. We should mention, uh, pivoting back to football briefly, Jason Campbell. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have not mentioned that. The news today uh, becoming official. Not, not really a shock, but, uh, I mean, when we'd heard Stan White was uh, stepping down to, uh, you know, Spend some more time with his family, do some other things. He's been the uh, um, the analyst on the Auburn football broadcast for 22 years now. Done a great job. Had some unbelievable games that he's uh, he's been a part of. Yeah. But uh, Stan stepping aside, and, and another uh, former Auburn quarterback, you know, from uh, Charlie Trotman to, to Stan, and and now uh, Jason Campbell, yep. going to move in forward. behind the mic as the. As the uh, analyst, yeah, and I think he'll do a great job. Um, and I, I, you know, Charlie Trotman was so good, and I thought, well, you know, there's no way Stan White, and he was great too. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jason can bring to this, and uh, you know, it's great to see guys like Jason and Ronnie, two guys that I covered, you know, mm-hmm. was, when they were players, now stepping up and now being part of the broadcast yep, crew. That's, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's going to be very good. He'll uh, his first broadcast will be the A Day game. 
April eighth. Yeah, April eighth. That came that came up right after we left. I uh, I saw that. So another early A day. Yep, yep. And also, uh, there I believe that's is... The, I believe that's the, the Saturday after the NCAA tournament concludes. I believe the Final Four is the the first. First and third. And the third, the yeah. third is the championship uh-huh. Monday, and then the A-Day will be the Saturday after. I believe we've had A-Day on Final Four weekends before. Um, but then, so so this is this will be a little little bit later on, but still still relatively. A lot of times, it's, you know, you know, we'd sort of gotten used to it being around the twentieth. But I mean, that's good. It gives you gives you extra time. First, it gives the coaches a little more time to recruit as well. It gives them time to yep. evaluate what they have, what they're going to be looking at, what they're looking for. Is that but also, if you have injuries for players to recover, it is, is Masters that, is that Master Saturday. That's you something. It's that, also, and I think Butch Thompson and the baseball staff are very excited. It's also home a, game, a home home weekend. There we go. Texas A&M will be coming down, so it'll be like... It's, you know, it how, seem, it yeah. seems like way too cool. many times we don't take advantage of that. Yep, yep. so that's going to be a huge weekend in Auburn. Uh, that's a Thursday through Saturday series against Texas A&M. It should be a great series. Oh, yeah. There. They're a top 25 program mm-hmm. or close to it. So, um, And the SEC is going to be very strong again. It's going to be very competitive. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. I had not seen that. I just, I just gotten word that the date was the 8th. So, uh, so that's good. So... Yeah, looking looking forward to that. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's really it should be it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't know where you. Yeah, no, I got. I don't have much. Right. Well, that, that's that's <laughs> true. Bill, Bill's Bill's been on a Bill's been on a boat. Bill's been on a boat, <laughs> the, been on a boat in the middle of the ocean. He could review the uh, review the Mavericks tomorrow. We, you know what? We we should find. Raul Malo's. More talented than even I yeah. realize. I have I have to be careful because you know, a lot. A, there, there's so many great musicians, right? That you just you may not have been familiar with, and you go, "Wow!" You know, a, another another piece of evidence for that is how many like how many cities are proud of their like local orchestras and symphonies. Mm-hmm. And it's a reminder, like there there are yeah, just brilliant. Again, a testament to how many great artists there are uh, out there. But we're uh, yeah, no tomorrow. Just moving in a completely different direction. Tomorrow we get both. It's it's a day for my unique interests. Oh yeah. Tomorrow, okay. we'll, well, no. Tomorrow we get both the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, uh, which is going to be unveiled uh, tomorrow. We're going to get the results and see if there are any. I don't new... know that there's anybody that is a surefire no. home run. Scott Rowland. I was going to say, you know, you don't want to say slam dunk when we're talking baseball. But... Scott Scott Rowland and Todd Helton, Billy Wagner are your leading returns. Billy Wagner should be a Hall of Famer in my mind. I would. I'd love to see A. Rod and Manny Ramirez and Gary Sheffield, but I don't think it's going to That's happen. That's not going to happen uh, with the uh, results. Not that they're not deserving, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Carlos Beltran is probably the most interesting candidate of the new arrivals. He also yeah, has, he probably is, he, but he also has some uh, question PED yeah. accusations in his mm-hmm. past. I would say statistically, it's hard to argue that he's not a Hall of Famer based on what he was able to accomplish, but it's not just based on statistics uh, either. Bobby Abreu, also on the ballot, somebody that, that, that people have uh, uh, had, had different opinions about. Huh. We, were, we were talking about Andrew Jones. Speaking of, the, speaking of the Hall of Fame, Matt, uh, son Matt reminds me that, yes, that's the A-Day's also the unveiling day for the Frank Thomas yes. statue. There oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that, that will be really cool. Auburn's, yeah. Auburn's Major League yeah. Baseball Hall of Famer. Amazing that... Uh, who, was a, who was a pretty good tight end, too? Number 87. Yep. Tomorrow, tomorrow's also... Yeah. Uh, tomorrow is also uh, Oscar nomination uh, Tuesday. It's, they're gonna they're gonna unveil to uh, the. Right, so I watched. Did you see Banshees? No, no. Okay. But on 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 the ship, I could watch uh, everything. What'd you think? Not for you. Yeah, it was all right. Okay, it was all right. I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't see it being any 
Yeah. I still need to see the Spielberg movie. Have you seen I haven't, it? I haven't seen Fablemans yet. I haven't seen I haven't everything. Either. I haven't seen everything uh, all the time. Yeah, yeah uh, all I haven't once, seen whatever. that either. I like, I'm waiting for it to that's, stream somewhere. No, well, that's the one. I, that's the one I was saying. I, I saw everything everywhere all, all at once. Or I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. surprised how much people think Elvis is going to like. I I thought Elvis was. Like all right, but Didn't people see that are either. people are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Didn't people, see that. Sounds like it's really picked up steam. I could see some of it in the technical awards, Cost, oh yeah, costumes, lighting, things like that. Sure. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm a. I'm a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's. It's. I'm a little bit surprised people are as, as thrilled about you know the the best picture itself or the the actor who played Elvis you know winning an Oscar for for that performance. But uh, and and I liked uh, the Colin Farrell movie. I did like Banshees of Inisherin. I said that before on the show, and, and I think right. that should have do not a, seen that. That, that should do okay. And and it, it sounds like the the Spielberg movie has some support too. Fableman. So I want I want to watch that. But yeah, brief brief little Oscar segment as they're going to unveil that tomorrow as well. Yeah, so it, it'll be a fun week. All right, we're we're having a fun time here on the Monday Drive. It is Monday, right? And you know what? This is the first day of Monday classes this spring. Because the first week there were classes right. started Wednesday. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're like easing everybody into it. Last it, Monday. Yeah. it went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday the first week. Tuesday through Friday the second week. This is the first week. So, God, by Friday it's going to really feel like a long week. Uh, but we'd love for you to help us out here on the Monday drive. Again, 334-321-1390. As you can tell, we're ready to go in any direction. Uh, come on in and join us. Day. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one here on the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews. Drew at the controls. Come on in and join us. You heard the number, 334-321-1390. All right, we're just here talking during the break. And one of the things Brian had said was uh, that, that in the upcoming portal, which is May 1st through 15th, Auburn yeah. would be looking as they were for a quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, some folks would say, why? I mean, Robbie Ashford... Uh, showed uh, a lot of athleticism and, and improved down the stretch. And Auburn's got a uh, pretty highly thought-of youngster in Holden Gurner. Yep, and they've also got three guys now, the head coach, the offense coordinator, and Ken Austin, the analysts, who are excellent developers of quarterbacks. Proven, that's right. true. So those are all great things. But I'm I'm still not expecting T.J. Finley to be Auburn's plans moving forward after the spring, necessarily. So that leaves Auburn with two returning scholarships um, at quarterback. You got um, Hank, Hank, Brown. Hank Brown coming in in May, in the May, I think. They need a fourth quarterback anyway, and they really need an experienced guy, a transfer, to come in here and compete with Robbie and Holden and make everybody better, right? The, the way you the way you just described it as compete with Robbie and Holden that was something we were talking about towards the very end of the commercial break. How real do you view Holden Gurner's chances of competing for the starting job or pushing Robbie uh, to maybe be the starter uh, in in the short term? On a scale of one to ten, I say somewhere between one and ten. Why? Well, why shouldn't he though? When when you're when you when this is what you have for spring, yeah. here's the opportunity. It, it's yeah. it's that opportunity. <laughs> Step up now because before. There's a before there's a chance to go out and get someone else, bring them in, show what you can do. I'd say for for Robbie Holden or TJ, any of them, it's like if they can have a fantastic spring. Yep. But but my feeling is 
boy, bring if you can bring in a proven commodity, then you know what you're um, then rating them against. You're you know you know what you, there is your bar that you're measuring them against. And if they're having if they have a great spring and and uh, you bring yeah. someone in and they're still better than that someone that you bring in that is a proven commodity, yep. that's great. And here's the thing about Holden and, and really Robbie, I just I don't think it's fair to evaluate either one of them fully uh, based on the team they played with, the offensive line and running game it had, the coaches uh, there with the system. I mean, I, I would just say let's wait and see how it goes to spring with both of them. We'll see how much they can develop. Um, I, you know, with Holden, I just, haven't, I just haven't seen enough of him to form a really good opinion. I just don't know. We'll wait and see. I mean, I, I saw him as a, a freshman last year. I mean, those kids get a lot better after, you know, getting some experience in college. Yeah, so we'll see. I basically asked you, like, hey, if we rolled a dice, would it be, what would the number be? Like, one, one, one through six, right? I mean, there's no telling what, what we could get out of, out of Holden Gurner right. the, next, the next six, nine months. Yeah. And, and maybe, if, you know, if it, if it comes up big, you know, you roll, you roll seven, you know, for, for Auburn, you know, it's, it's one thing. But, uh, uh, but no, it could be, uh, you know, it, it, that, that is, that, I think it's an X factor that people... People view this quarterback battle as Robbie Ashford or an incoming challenger to Robbie Ashford. Yep. And while Hank Brown is probably a little bit too new to seriously look at as a, a challenger in this yep. thing, probably Holden Gurner is is someone that maybe could could have benefited from that that first. Oh year yeah. He had the here here are the snares I think could happen. I think, and this is the one I probably lean into in my opinion. Is that Auburn's going to go get a, a really good quarterback in the transfer portal or a graduate transfer? And Grayson McCall, I think, is still a guy that could potentially do that. And that guy's going to come in here and be a starter for a year or two. But there, I think there are other scenarios. I think um, Robbie Ashford could go out there this spring and have a great 15 practices in a day and impress the coaches enough where they don't feel like they have to go out there and get – then, then they then they go get somebody with experience younger. to be the to be the the backup to be the or, or, or maybe a younger guy that you know a, a former five star that loses the competition wants to you know go transfer somewhere to come oh come a guy here. guy that isn't proven Most, yet multiple right, gotcha. multiple year guy right yeah or or maybe Holden steps up and just takes control of this battle and wins it in the spring and they feel great about him and and don't feel as uh, necessarily as, as you know it's important to go get a transfer all these things could happen my feeling is though. 90% is they're going to end up getting a transfer no matter what. And I think there's a good chance they're going to go out and get a really good player because I think quarterbacks now are going to want to come to Auburn. I think it's now a destination school for top quarterbacks. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Jeff is up. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing fine. Yeah, it's been a while. been a while since I've uh, checked in uh, different directions in life. But I've been trying I hear to you. tap as best I could. A uh, couple things uh, with this quarterback battle, uh, Sanders. I, I, I thought he was. We were kind of locked in with him coming uh, from Oak State. Uh, you know what may have uh, triggered that move of him? I, I believe I saw where he went to Ole Miss. You know, I, I I don't know if he made a visit to I, Auburn I don't think he in, did. in recruiting. It sounded like I think fans were sort of projecting yeah. Spencer Sanders, and okay. there were even even media figures who thought he could fit Hugh Freeze's system. But I don't know how real uh, Spencer Sanders' interest was in Auburn or vice versa. And and now he ends up he chose Ole Miss in the in the last week or so. Yeah. Sounds like he's going to challenge Jackson Dart. 
and you know, yeah, good luck go, with and, all that, right? And go, and go from there. That's, you a, know. that's, that's interesting. They did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Auburn looked at Spencer Sanders, uh, but I don't think they felt like they wanted to move on him. They felt I, I like really they felt like, a better quarterback. Yeah, Brian mentioned Grayson McCall, and it really felt like he was the guy yes. that Auburn really wanted. They were interested, but I don't think it was a do or die with Devin Leary from NC State, that after that, it didn't seem like they were, you know, we kept hearing, you know, why not Spencer says, why not this guy? Um, after that, it was guys who didn't who ended up not getting the portal. It was guys that went out and evaluated mm-hmm. and were like, okay, we like this guy. We Tulane, maybe, quarterback, right. right. And, and a couple others. So, right, uh, right, yeah. But for my money, I understand you got to reach out, try to get the best available. But I'm going to tell you something. It's just for me. This Robbie Ashford is a raw talent, provided he gets the right coaching. You know, this kid is fearless out there. I understand, you know, he, he was thrown to the wolves last year. But I believe in this kid. I don't know if Freeze does. You know, you know, obviously he hasn't spoken much about him. But, I, you know, I wouldn't be quickly to reach out, you know, out in the ocean for someone. You know, sometimes your gyms are right underneath you, and you don't even realize it. But that's just my opinion i believe this kid can play well in the right situation well as we were saying a little while ago jeff this is a great great opportunity for him this spring without without having that proven commodity there alongside him uh he's got a great chance to get out there and show it if he does have a great spring like brian was saying then auburn might look at a different type option to be bringing in i would add to that too that i'm i'm under the impression robbie ashford had a procedure on his hand or his wrist after the season immediately after the season was over and if he was playing through... He had three separate injuries he's playing yeah, through. He, he went through them after the, after the Iron Bowl. Especially, and, and especially if we're talking about throwing hand and, and, and shoulder, fing, fingers, shoulder fingers on the throwing issue, hand. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that can greatly... I mean, Chris Todd is evidence of that, right? I mean, you, you're, playing through, you're playing through injuries to your, to, to your most important appendage as a, as a quarterback. And things can change a lot if, if you heal up uh, that, that shoulder and that arm and, and give it another go. Yeah. Appreciate the call, Jeff. We need to step aside our top of the hour break. We're halfway done. Love for you to join in as we continue here with hour number two of the Monday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Today, Chiefs coach Andy Reid told reporters quarterback Patrick Mahomes continues to get treatment on his high ankle sprain and is doing okay. KC is cautiously prepping as if Mahomes will start the AFC title game versus Cincinnati Sunday. Reid, though, did say they're not certain whether Mahomes or backup Chad Henney plays. If it is Mahomes, it will be a shining moment in his career, believes ESPN's Lewis Riddick. He's going to have to absolutely play the mind game with Lou Anarumo and say, look, I may not be able to move, but I'm going to have to hit my guys and hit them quick so you don't hit me. And I love that. I love that challenge for him because Patrick talked to all the people down there. He's a genius. 
I mean, he's brilliant. And you're, he's going to have to be this week because he's, not, he's just not going to be able to move like he used to. Joanna Rumo is Cincinnati's defensive coordinator. Bills quarterback Josh Allen said there are no plans for any offseason procedures or surgeries on the right elbow injury he suffered in Week 9. He added that rest and recovery will be good for it. Baseball, the Angels announcing the Moreno family is ending the exploratory process to sell the team and will continue ownership throughout the 2023 season and beyond. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Monday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Had a, a nice weekend. Yeah, I, I need more weekends like that. More uh, nine ten, or nine ten or ten day, day weekends. weekends. Yeah, I, I think I think I think I need one of those. One a month, a little more frequently. One a month. I'm getting closer to that age we, where we took, I can do that. We took one in December, right? We yeah. Did, so yeah, one, one a month. That's what I'm feeling. I was like, yeah, okay, when's What's next time? That's like the Valentine's week. I feel like Howard Stern's working a schedule like, like that you know. these days, right? Like Stern, yeah, Stern, I think so. Stern's on like two days a week now, and that's and then they run best of the rest of, and that's uh, yeah, that's that's what you aspire to. Yeah, the, you're not you're in the not radio kidding. business. Uh, but but uh, either rejoice or alas, we're all here today. It's Bill, Dan, Brian, uh, Brian from AuburnSports.com, and Drew. We're all here. In the studio on this Monday, it has been a while since we've all been together. We'd love for you to join in. Hour number two of The Drive is brought to you by the uh, good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. You can join us here on the Monday Drive uh, by calling the Kia of Auburn hotline Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. All right, uh, a lot of different uh, things we talked about there in hour number one. Uh, before we get into stuff, though, Brian, let everybody know, I mean, what all's going on. It's a it's a pretty busy time. We're sort of wrapping up one recruiting, uh, football recruiting uh, time with yep. the transfer portal uh, sort of cl- closing. It's 45-day window last week. It'll yes. reopen again for 15 days in May. But you've got high school recruiting, jun- a big junior day coming up, basketball, Auburn playing it's best basketball of the season yes. the last few ball games as they head into the middle of the SEC season. Yeah, it's fixing to turn up um, a little bit tougher for this team. Uh, down the stretch here, the last 11 games, uh, they're playing almost all quality opponents, top uh, five. What was that record again teams. that you had? Uh, it's 13-34, and 34, the seven teams they've played already, and it's 31-15 and 15 of the 11 remaining games. Yeah. 
Uh, big, big change. Yeah. Yeah. But Auburn right now appears to be, you know, uh, getting prepared, you know, better prepared. They they look much more equipped to handle that type of schedule than they did, oh, I'd say a week and a half, two weeks ago. The way they're playing defense, the way they've gotten more efficient on offense, the way they're passing the ball. Uh, Wendell Green's been terrific, had a double-double with, was it 12 assists, I think, um, uh, over the weekend, just uh, this team is playing really, really well, and they keep having more players step up, and you can see them improving in a lot of different areas, which you've got to give Bruce Pearl and his staff a lot of credit for. What, what's Janai Broom up to now? Five double-doubles in six conference games, I think, was the mark that I saw. I mean, he has, he has played... I think it's five and seven, five because and seven he, had, he got through a stretch, right. a two-game stretch. First four, then he, then he was off for a couple, and yep. then this. He's been, But he's been very, very Terrific. good, and yep. especially of late, and that's a guy who, both Janai and Wendell, I made this point on the Max Roundtable earlier today, both of those guys are group of five players or mid-major college basketball players who made the jump to the SEC to play for Auburn, and we're seeing more and more of that. You know, where championship programs have contributions from guys who maybe weren't viewed as major conference players coming out of high school, and you know, even in football, right? Where Auburn went and signed three group of five offensive linemen that look like they're going to be big parts of next year's team oh, yeah. on the line. So, I mean, it's a reminder that talent can come from just about anywhere, and really special talent, championship-level talent in the SEC can start at a smaller school, and that's something that we're seeing even in Alabama, right? I mean, Sears making the jump from the MAC mm-hmm. to be a yeah. huge part of a team that, I mean, you know, maybe... You know, a lot of people view it as the a lot of people view right now as the number one team in the country. I mean, their Purdue is actually number. Well, they're one. number two. You've only yeah. got three. That's funny. Only three SEC schools. Yeah, uh, but Alabama's two, Tennessee four, and Auburn fifteen. I mean, A and M and Kentucky are probably competing to be the fourth best team in the league right now. My, is there somebody that I'm? Is there somebody? No, else I don't really think so. Right now, no. Arkansas is like falling off. Missouri and Florida would maybe yeah. want to be in that conversation as well. State's falling off a little bit from the. The toward start they had bottom dropping out on LSU. Oh yes, yeah. they they gotta they gotta figure out and you know some of them have been close losses, some of them haven't been. Oh man, they've been they've been spanked some, a couple yeah, of some times. Some of them haven't been, and then Ole Miss is already. I mean, they're they're talking about what who's going to coach next year's team mm-hmm. on the message boards over there. It sounds like the you know uh, circling the drain a little bit for Kermit Davis, a coach that a coach that's had some good. I mean, took him to the tournament, yeah, and yeah. really gave Bruce Pearl trouble. Uh, you know, for for much of his tenure there at uh, at, at Ole Miss. It's starting to feel like maybe it's going to be his last season if he can't perform some kind of drastic turnaround for the Ole Miss Rebels because there is and for folks who went to that game in Oxford too the Auburn people we talked yeah. to Justin Ferguson about this just lifeless you know there, there's no energy mm-hmm. in, you know what with the semester with the students on campus just just very very you know and a, a ranked team coming to town not a lot of excitement in the gym at, at Ole Miss and that's something that. You know, right now, when you look around the conference and you see how many places are excited yeah. about how, how basketball is going, even places that aren't uh, historic basketball powerhouses, there's just it's tough to defend a coach uh, if if the if things have gone, you know, if, the, if things have gotten to that, and you get the feeling Ole Miss could be making uh, uh, some kind of change. And meanwhile, they can bring Andy Kennedy back. Well, he was, was a better coach say, than Kermit Davis. Andy Kennedy's doing okay yeah. at UAB in the meantime, so that's probably not helping Kermit Davis's cause yeah. either. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Yellowhammer is up next. Hey, Yellowhammer. What's up, Hammer? Hey, howdy. Howdy. Uh, well, I have a couple of opinions that are also halfway uh, questions. So I need your feedback here because I never know what I'm talking about. Well, not completely, anyway. And so 
this is involves our our uh, well documented problems with the offensive line, and I would just say that most of it really originated under Malzahn, and I can't understand how a grown man who's a football coach could let that deteriorate as much as he did. I just I don't understand how he he could not see how important keeping a good stockpile of offensive linemen around is. It's why he's gone, I would say. Uh, well, it's definitely reason. a reason. Brian, I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, because at times, it Auburn would target some top guys. And lose every one of them. The problem was, I didn't think they ever had very good plans for if they didn't get that top guy. Yeah. It was like either all or nothing. And they didn't want to settle for, it seemed like, don't want to settle for a project. So we just won't sign any. Is, yeah. is that right? Uh, that's the way it looked like from, you know, from my perspective. And, you know, you, you got to remember that through um, Malzahn's last several years, he had a different offensive line coach just about every year, uh, which made it more difficult, I think, to recruit True. guys. And then uh, just offensively under Gus, that side of the ball did not recruit close to as good as the defense because Kevin Steele and Ronnie Garner were really organized on that side, really understood uh, you know how many players they needed each position, and then and really understood that you know if they got a senior and junior, they've got to have a couple of freshmen and sophomores ready to step up and replace them, and that just didn't happen on the offensive side of the ball. They, they were a little bit star-crossed on the recruiting trail too, right? Because they would find uh, that they would finish second for players who turned into superstars at other schools, and uh, seemed like fourth or fifth actually, or, yes, or in the top. Try. Okay, fine. They, did, not, they weren't always. Silver. <laughs> they didn't finish at the top. Yeah. Didn't always get yeah. the silver medal either. Fine, yeah. but then when Auburn would land a big-time prospect either from junior college or from the high school ranks. Calvin Ashley. Calvin Ashley, for instance. Yeah. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily blossom into the foundational piece on the offensive line that Auburn imagined yeah. it would. And so I don't know if it was necessarily about Gus Malzahn needing to put more effort into it. I'm, I'm sure he thought that offensive line was, was something that he needed because his best teams had great offensive lines consistently. Yeah. No, I think, effort, I think effort is a, okay. a word you can use because you're seeing the effort that you Freeze is putting in personally to recruit, and that's what's making the difference. That's why Auburn is winning some of these recruiting battles because you Freeze is getting personally involved in them, and that's what Auburn has needed. Gus Malzahn tried at times to do that. Brian Harson uh, stuck up two middle fingers to that idea. And now you got the complete opposite in you, Freeze, who is out there getting the job done. Not to be a total Malzahn apologist here, I will say that one, one key difference now versus 2017 or 2018 is that you can go get offensive You can get line. guys that you didn't get the first time around you, now. You can go get Philip Wade, and you can go get yeah. these offensive Dylan Wade, and, and, and these offensive linemen that Auburn is bringing in from the group of five in the transfer Gunner portal. Britain. I mean, that wasn't... I mean, Auburn did... Auburn did have some success bringing in. I mean, you think about Casey Dunn and Jack Driscoll. I mean, Auburn did go get veteran. Some of their best offensive linemen over the last four or five years under Gus were transferring. It feels like maybe now there are more veteran options available. You know, more guys are looking at the possibility of making that jump from a smaller school to a bigger school and and playing against, you know, doing the Jack Driscoll thing. Right. Which which wasn't all that common when Jack Driscoll did it of, of, you know, I'm a small school offensive lineman that wants to improve my NFL chances, so I'm going to jump to... A major conference and play a year or two there. That's uh, something that you know Auburn's being able to take advantage of an, an influx of talent into that. And, and quickly, one other small issue I thought was the offense they ran. I think other coaches use that against Gus and Auburn at times. Yeah, they'd uh, say this isn't going to work if right. you want to play in the league. Right. Anything else, Yellowhammer? Well, uh, well, well uh, one last thing here about the second edition of the transfer portal, which is coming up 
uh, here. I can't remember when. First of May. First of May. May. Okay. Uh, how likely is it that we could get offensive linemen that late, but still get them ready to play next season? Well, Less think, likely. Yeah. I think Auburn's done on offensive yeah, line. Yeah, that's right. Right I, now they're on. Right now they're on um, track to have 16 scholarship offensive right. linemen in in the fall. If yeah, all I, I doubt. Same. I doubt all sixteen of those are still around. Right, but uh, but no, yeah. I, I I think you know you really want to have those guys go through spring. It's um, not as difficult to have skill guys be able to come in over the summer. So I mean, if there's a superstar offensive lineman that's an immediate plug yeah. and play, sure they go after him. But I agree with uh, Brian. I I don't know that that's a priority now. Well, I'm I'm more optimistic than I was before. Oh, I you got to be. I thought, oh my God, we were going to be in two or three years. <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, Auburn Auburn was looking at having you know seven or eight scholarship linemen. And that's all they had. And then back in the days before the transfer portal, uh, it's still going to be tough to expect high schoolers to be able to step in and play, especially those that wouldn't be graduating early. So that's where adding two tackles and a center. As well as a junior college tackle or guard right. has you know helped this class tremendously. I remember when you had Gene Stallings on the show, and he talked about when he recruited, he went out and he found a quarterback and a center, and then after that, he just did whatever came along. But he valued those two things. Mm-hmm. Well, Auburn's gotten a guy in, in Avery in uh, Avery Jones, who is a uh, you know a guy that's that's. Uh, uh, a very proven center, so that's good to have. And then, then two or three guys that could play there at tackle, so it looks a whole lot better than it did before. All right, great. Well, thanks. Bye. Appreciate the call, Yellowhammer three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, I think between the three transfers and Isaiah Miller, the JUCO guy, that Auburn's probably got three starters and maybe four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, um, and there's some versatility. I think both Miller and um, Dylan. Uh, Dylan Wade. Wade can play tackle or guard too. Right. So this is the versatility there. And then I do like Cameron Stutz and Jeremiah Wright too. Uh, yeah. Returning guards for Auburn. So. And and then I mean we just don't know about some of the. I mean there may be a couple of other youngsters right. that that uh, can step up and and push for spots as well. There are guys in the program like Kobe Smith. This will be his third year, I think, maybe fourth, third. third. That you just you know that's it's a developmental position. You don't know how many you know big steps forward they can maybe take in the offseason. We'll and, see. And I would not count out Tate Johnson either. Somebody who started last year as the center, and you know even though and you know, injury ended that season uh, prematurely, he's somebody else who maybe with another year in the program yeah. and a taste of action as a starter. That's a position where it feels you know things feel kind of wide open. Mm-hmm. Julian Irvin, Julian Irvin's uh, Julian Irvin's back too. Julie. He can play a center guard. So if yep. you're looking at Auburn's offensive line, you got the three transfers. You got the JUCO guy. You've got uh, Wright and Stutz. That's six. And then Julian Irvin's got one start. He started the Birmingham Bowl. Yeah, so that's seven guys. And that... then uh, Tate Johnson's got. Uh, mm-hmm. He started the first four or five games last year. So that's that's eight guys right there that you could maybe. Offensive line coaches want to build your top eight a lot of times. You know, your, your top five, then your three top backups. And that, that could be how Auburn's looking. And that's assuming that nobody else steps up that they're not really thinking mm-hmm. of. And, you know, we'll see. And it's dangerous to put too much stock into what you're getting out of a player in the transfer portal because we've seen guys that were celebrated come in and not really make much of an impact at Auburn and elsewhere. Having said that, that's a top eight that 
I think some some schools in the league would would be envious of. I mean, which is which is not something Auburn's been able to say at, at offensive line where you're looking no, and, you're and right they're, there. You know, that's that that's a that's a top eight that a few other teams in the division might look at and say, you know, where where you know, so so we'll we'll see where uh, where things shake out. But Auburn has uh, certainly addressed a need to add veteran talent from the uh, from the transfer portal in the offensive okay. line and beyond. Big time. Yep. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports wise, here on the Monday Drive. Now more of the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN one zero six seven and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call three three four three two one one three nine zero. Toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Twenty minutes after five o'clock here on this Monday. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews. Started to ask you this a while ago, and we got right into it, but just talk about everything that's going on at AuburnSports.com. Well, we're going to be busy this week again. Uh, the portal is dying down, but now 2024 recruiting is taking off, and I would expect Auburn to have a lot of success this weekend with the first junior day on Saturday. Got any idea how many kids are coming in? Mm, not yet, no. More but, than uh, last year. But I would say it's going to be... Over twenty, I would guess. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, it's de- definitely more than last year. I just I cannot get over how bad it was last January. I've never heard of anything like last year I, when you were going to have one. When, when it's like, are they having one? Oh, yeah, I guess they are. Oh, well, guess not. Yeah. Um, and then of course tomorrow we'll get together uh, at Voodoo for our rundown podcast. And um, how's everybody doing? I mean, I feel like I've I've missed everybody. I mean, uh, being out of touch for a week. I mean, everybody doing all right? Good, good. I mean, because some folks had, you know, been under the weather and sick and sounding bad and things like that. I just want to make sure everybody's doing all right. As far as I know, everybody's good and and raring to go. And then we got Pearl tomorrow, and then you got Texas A&M coming coming to town late Wednesday night for a big matchup. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to – the arena will be rocking. Yes. Yes, it absolutely will be. Couple of big uh, NFL stories involving SEC players that we've talked about. We should a lot. talk about the playoffs too. Well, let's yeah, how about it? We're, 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 two, we're down to the title two, games. Two big ones. One, we're looking at the possibility of Jalen Hurts versus Joe, Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. Philadelphia, yeah, those yeah, guys, yeah absolutely those teams, are. Those teams are favored this weekend. I think the Bengals are going to win. That's uh, they're going to Kansas City. This if if the so the line right now is Bengals minus one because Patrick Mahomes, uh, Andy Reid says he's going to play, but he suffered an ankle sprain in the win over the Jaguars this weekend. If the Bengals are favored at kickoff. If Patrick Mahomes plays and the Bengals are still favored, it will be the first time Patrick Mahomes is an underdog in a playoff game in his NFL career. It's the mm. first time in uh, double-digit playoff games for uh, the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow has only lost one playoff game in his career, and it was last year's Super Bowl. He hasn't mm. lost to an AFC team in a playoff game in two years. They dismantled the Buffalo Bills yesterday, especially the defense oh, and yeah. the Bengals. I mean, they, they look like... I thought Buffalo was going to blow them away at, yeah. before the game started. Then I was like, nope. <laughs> By the way, do you remember that uh, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback... Zach Taylor, I love mentioning this whenever we talk about the Bengals, was the quarterback of Nebraska against Auburn in the 2006 Cotton Bowl. Okay. He was the uh, quarterback that uh, uh, losing quarterback in that game to uh, to uh, Auburn in the uh, in in Dallas. The other game, uh, Eagles and 49ers, uh, Philadelphia about a three point favorite at home, and uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts looked. I mean, what an un- what an unbelievable 
story. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he is. He's playing. I mean, he's playing really, really well. His, his coach compared him to Michael Jordan as far as the impact he makes on the offense around him. And they are. I mean, they they ran for nearly 300 yards yeah. against a Giants defense that had been playing well in, in games leading up to the playoffs. They they just. It's an old school way of doing it. They didn't throw that many passes, and still uh, that offense just did whatever it wanted. It was twenty-eight nothing at the half. Not competitive. They may whatsoever. be the overall favorite now. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's. Good. I think we could get a Bengals uh, a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl, and if if so, that could be something. And then there's the uh, the Cowboys uh, who were eliminated. <laughs> about them Cowboys last night, and uh, a lot of th- have you seen? <laughs> yeah, the, they really were. Bill, <laughs> Bill, here is the here is the tweet. From the Cowboys' official account, if you want to just read that uh, from I last I night, I heard about this. If you if you want to just let them know that th- that is not oh this wow is not, this is not fake. This is the Dallas Cowboys' official. Yeah, th- this is their tweet. Dak Prescott gave away the ball twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. Wow. What that's in the, the world? That's the, link, that's the link to the game story wow. from Dallas's Twitter account that's been up since last night. It's got about 11,000 likes on Twitter now as oh. they just they just take out the shovel and bury, bury Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't good, but I feel bad for him now because... Because that's just unwarranted yeah. coming from your own team. And I mean, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I understand there's criticism to go around, but to shovel it all on Dak and, and none of it on, on anything else, including a coaching staff that I thought made several questionable decisions in that football game. And uh, my, it's not, it wouldn't be the first time Mike McCarthy has lost with a no. talented no, quarterback having, uh, you know, having made some questionable decisions. You know decisions. what's sad? It probably won't be the last. Probably won't either. No, I mean, I, I mean, those, you know, coaches just, you know, it's like, they, they they're, they're, like cats, they have nine. They have at least nine opportunities. Does it feel agenda driven to be angrier at Dak than the coaching staff following that it does. game? If you're a Cowboys it person, does. oh yeah, just I mean that that's I'm not a Cowboys person. Though, no, so. and and I and I, mean, I think not, not since 1981. And I've and I've found them to be at their most likable when Dak Prescott is playing well. Like, yeah. I, I find I find like that that's a fun team to watch and a spirited group. And and yeah, to see to see folks turning on Dak Prescott as though he's the only reason the Dallas Cowboys lost yesterday. I mean, he made mistakes, no. but there were other mistakes to be made. And I thought the coach uh, Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of uh, a lot of scrutiny as well before uh, uh, before you just decide to to go all out on Dak Prescott on social media from the official Damn. account. I mean, I mean, do you, I mean, is he is he coming back? I mean, I I mean, they, you bringing Dak Prescott back? I, 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 I would say that that seems unlikely. Yeah, but I mean, there are some teams looking for quarterbacks, and maybe maybe they should call Dallas and see what's uh, see what the market is because that is yeah, just vicious stuff from the uh, from the Cowboys on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Anything you anything you want to talk about? You want to talk some football? Want to talk a little basketball? Again, Auburn playing as well as they have played all year as they get ready to host Texas A and M Wednesday night. Um, tell me a little more. I so I, I I could see some of the stuff. Just tell me a little more about the games this past week. I mean, I've just seen some of the numbers and uh, uh, understood that. That uh, that Auburn never trailed. I guess Auburn hasn't trailed it uh, since since before I left town. Huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're gonna have to put you on another boat. I guess Bill. so. Send me <laughs> send me on another ship. <laughs> Ship me out. Yeah, I mean, um, well, going back to um, I guess Saturday night at South Carolina. I mean, Auburn just jumped on them early, right? And um, you know, I think the league got to right. What was it? Twenty five or twenty six in the second half? And twenty six. Fifty-one twenty-five. Carolina made a little, you know, I thought Auburn got a little lackadaisical, which happens, you know, had some backups in. Carolina made a nice little run uh, there um, 
sort of in the second part of, of the second half, but then Auburn sort of, you know, got it back going. Uh, they put uh, Win, Win Green back in there, and he took charge, and, and they put him away. And uh, I'm trying to remember from um, the LSU game. I think Auburn got off to a good start there, too, but I, was it um, – Hi- Highlights as far as players for you, not just from – I mean, just just from the numbers. I well, Wynn Green has been Auburn's best player during those five games win streak. You know, getting that double double against South Carolina was very impressive. Um, Alan Flanagan has definitely stepped up. We didn't always describe Wendell Green as in control yeah. when he was no, when he was no. You're absolutely right. Last year, and he is he's playing such a controlled version that's still explosive at times. I mean, it can still lead to plays at the basket or big time three pointers from his teammates. But but he but he has found I think the balance between when to you know when when to ratchet up you know when it, it, you know what he's found he's found control of the throttle yeah let's use it that way right he's found he knows he knows oh, when okay. it needs to go yeah I got you he knows when it needs to go all the way to to the to the to the red and he knows when he needs to dial it back a little bit and what you're seeing is that offense looks about as good as it has yep. since I mean I mean there were, because even even if you go back to the Sharif season. There were times when that wasn't the offense that was supposed to be out there because of injuries and availability was a problem. Yeah, I mean was... this is this is the Javon McCormick, Samir Doughty sort of offense, or even going back to Jalen and Bright or Jared Jer- Harper and Bryce Brown before that. That that was really tough for SEC teams when Bruce Pearl was winning championships. Yeah, and you know Jani Broom didn't play well at LSU. He got into a little foul trouble early, and then he came back against uh, South Carolina. It was just incredible. I mean, he was just. Uh, making plays one on one offensively, hitting the boards really hard. I mean, he was just terrific. I thought uh, against the Gamecocks. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. John, want to give you plenty of time. Hang on, you'll be up first when we come back for the final half hour of the Monday Drive. To the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes or so with Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John's been hanging on. Hey, John. Hey, guys. I heard you mention the Dallas Cowboys. I just have one simple question. When do, when do all their losses and their failures fall at the feet of Jerry Jones? He seems to be the one common denominator since the 28 years. So since, since it's been 28 years since they've actually won a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, he's been your general manager. I, I don't know any other general manager that would go 28 years without winning a Super Bowl and maintain his job. So, 
Well, when he's uh, the owner, yeah. I, mean, I mean, who's going to fire himself? Dan <laughs> Snyder, maybe. I mean, there's only a couple, and they happen to also own the team. So, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's it, I mean, it's a figurehead GM position for anybody who works for Jones, and he takes credit when the team is good. So, it's absolutely fair. But I mean, I wouldn't. I, I've heard people use terms like you know, laughing stock and things like that. And you want to be careful when you're talking about a team that won as many regular season games as Dallas did and yeah. advanced to this round in the playoffs. But the way that it was entirely laid at the feet of Dak Prescott was just a little bit, I mean, that that felt a little bit unfair to me for a guy who was not the only reason the Dallas Cowboys lost the game yesterday. Well, and if you're going to lay that at the feet of Dak Prescott, whose genius decision was it to give the guy like a $250 million guaranteed contract? So does he not deserve some blame? Um, I, I'm oh, sure he does. There's no question Jerry Jones Deserves a lot, a lot of the, a yeah. lot of the blame, but but there's nobody who who's can make him, uh, you know, make him pay. Oh. I think there's also there's also a belief that these hyper competitive owners never want to acknowledge that they need to rebuild, even if there's evidence that rebuilding works. You look in the playoffs this year, and you think about where the Bengals were when they drafted Joe Burrow and where the Bills were when they drafted Josh Allen and where the Jaguars were even when they drafted Trevor Lawrence. Rebuilding and tearing down and building everything around the right quarterback that you draft early in in the NFL draft, it's proven to be the path forward. If you're to, I'm not saying to an extent, you don't have to be the Philadelphia 76ers and finish in last place for seven or eight years and, and collect draft picks that way, but, but you need to do it. And instead, trying to patch things up every single year and add one missing piece, it, yep. it consistently leaves your team unable to have the, the full, complete uh, roster that you need to, to win a championship, it feels like. And uh, some, some owners have, have never been able to come to grips with that. Correct, and one. I think all those other franchises actually have an owner who allows their front office to do their job. But one couple of final thoughts: When is Chris Moore coming back? And um, and and one final thought: The last half of the season, I think the two big games in my mind are Alabama at home and Kentucky on the road. It's time Auburn in that thirty-five year losing streak in Rupp Arena, or it's just been too long. Nineteen eighty-eight, John Kaler. Uh, I, I was yeah, I, I was the guy screaming over Jim Fife when he was trying to <laughs> make the call. I would I would play by. I would add Tennessee because I think that when they're good, they're still capable of being just about as good as as you know anyone in the country. But I would agree with you; those two games are just Titanic, and Auburn has an opportunity. You're right to go to Rupp Arena and end a streak that's been a long time in the making. Um, Chris Moore asked about um, he went to South Carolina with the team. Did he practice last week? Because when I'd left, uh, remember, remember we had had Zepp on, and Zepp said he was thinking that Chris might be able to practice some early last week. So it sounds like he at least practiced some if he made the trip to I, South I, Carolina. I think so, but I, I wasn't at practice, so I can't say that for sure, and I'm not allowed to say it if I was. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, but, but I mean, if he uh, made the trip, you would figure he's yeah. he's been working out some, so he's probably he's getting closer. Yeah. I would be surprised if he doesn't get some minutes uh, Wednesday night against Brian. Brian's sweating mightily after we asked him that question about what he saw <laughs> and what he didn't see at practice. No, no, it's uh, uh, I, I think shoulders are tricky, right, Bill? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> Let me are. just ask you. Yes, they are, Dan. I mean, uh. Ninety-five percent of the time, I think everything's just fine. Right. So that's that's something Chris Moore, even though he's <laughs> Chris Moore, a oh, uh, you know so, someone who is is dealing with a different shoulder yeah. injury than the one you experienced. I think he's dealing with a little bit of that as well, where you you know you don't want to certainly don't want to overdo it and risk a more serious injury 
to your shoulder, and that's a uh, uh, that that's that's something where there's a lot of a lot of different moving parts, and if something's out of whack. Uh, you want to be what better safe than mm-hmm. sorry. You want to give it time, especially when you're talking about a player that Auburn could need down the stretch. But but yes, you don't want to, and and you also while you're doing that, Brian, while you've got the team playing this well, um, you don't want to completely change things. You'd right. like to ease him back in and not just uh, disrupt what's been working really well the last few games. But I, but sure, you want him back. Yeah, and I think the most interesting thing with Chris is, of course, how he plays when he comes back, but. You know, Bruce Pearl's been a really loyal guy, and once he gets his starting five, he sticks with it. So when Chris comes back, is he back in the starting lineup, or is the way Alan Flanagan's played lately, mm-hmm. has he earned that job? That's a good question. Was, was Chris Moore in the starting lineup initially because of an injury to Alan Flanagan is the question. Alan was coming back True. from that Achilles injury and sort of recovering even at the beginning of the season. I think there was a question of, I know he performed well at the NBA Combine uh, over the offseason, but there was still the question of uh, Alan Flanagan. I mean, I think that the... You know, the, the, the playing time is probably going to be more important than who's starting and who isn't, but it's going to be tough to leave Alan Flanagan on the bench for extended periods of time when he's giving you what he's giving you right now. 32 minutes against South Carolina, and, and he was, uh, he was productive for, for most of them. And he's, and he's rebounding, which is something that post injury Alan Flanagan, I think when the athleticism was still coming back to him, Post-injury, Alan Flanagan was not rebounding the ball very no. well. Didn't want to get near the basket and mix it up. Maybe maybe there was some concern that he might re-aggravate the very serious Achilles tendon injury that he was coming back from uh, when, when he was trying to rebound. But we're seeing Alan Flanagan explode to the boards and go get, uh, go get rebounds. He has, uh, he's, he's been it's a big reason why Chris Moore was in the starting lineup. When Alan Flanagan's rebounding, tough, tough to take him out of the starting lineup. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, but... but it'll be great to see him back out there. Talk a little bit, uh, Brian, let's talk, talk a little bit about the matchup. I mean, Texas A&M um, Wednesday night. I haven't seen a lot of Texas A&M. I just know that they usually have some really good big men, big strong dudes that can always be a matchup They're usually problem. pretty physical. Yep, yep. So I would expect that. And Auburn has had trouble with bigger guards, right, at times. Georgia mm-hmm. has some bigger guards that gave Auburn a lot of trouble. Uh, so that'll be big for them. But, you know, it's Neville Arena. It's Auburn playing really well. It's at home after two straight road games. You know, you, you got to feel good about Auburn's chances. Oh, absolutely. And, and, Auburn, and Auburn with the longest winning streak in the in country. In the nation yeah. now. That's right. After, uh, after was it LMU? Uh, goes to uh, was it yeah it was LMU Go, goes to uh, goes to Gonzaga and and pulls off a, a big win first time in a long time that a, a team has beaten uh, Gonzaga in Spokane so that's a uh, uh, yeah it's Auburn now with the imagine that Auburn the, Auburn with its the first opportunity Auburn with its first opportunity to uh, be on the home on the home court with the longest home court winning streak that's, that's awesome was was A and M the the I, that that's probably not correct. The last home the last home win was, that, it, was it was A and M the, you mean the uh, last home loss the last home loss was it Texas? Yeah, it was, was somewhere it, along in there. Was it Texas? I, I remember that loss. That was that's yeah. the game where Bryce Brown hurts his shoulder. Right is the uh, is the the mm-hmm. attempt the attempt to dunk on is it Robert Williams the big the big guy who's on the Celtics now. I remember I remember that game and uh, I I. Think Auburn has lost at home since then? I want to yeah, say that Auburn Auburn lost at home during this during the Sharif. Season. I mean, because twenty eight twenty eight straight would wouldn't get you back three seasons. Auburn lost at home during the yeah. Sharif season. They must have. I feel like they absolutely. Well, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but I'm pretty sure. Auburn well, I mean, you, you know, you generally are you know, you're you're going to play a thirty two game schedule or so, and about half your games are at home. So uh, maybe not. Maybe I mean Bruce is. 
doesn't mind going on the road and playing in tournaments, things like that. But, right. you know, you'd figure 28 would only get you back two and a half years or so at the most. Yep. Here's the thing that's interesting about who, this home. So who was the last loss? It was, so the, the streak started in February of 2021. That's because Auburn defeated Tennessee. Yeah, Auburn over. defeated Tennessee February twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, seventy seven, seventy two. Uh, that started the streak that is now active. So yeah. you got to go back to the twenty twenty one season, and, the, and there was a yeah, look at the twenty twenty one season and, and see the last home loss. That, 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 Florida, Florida okay. is, okay. is the uh, text we get. Okay. It's going to be put to the test though, because you got Texas A and M, of course, Wednesday. Oh, you've got you've got some serious tests of, the, of this the winning streak. Next Wednesday is Georgia, which you've already lost to. And then the next, well, Saturday the 11th, so it's a week and a half later, Alabama comes to Neville mm-hmm. Arena. So if Auburn has still got that streak going, Alabama comes, that is going to be an incredible matchup. Oh, you're not kidding. 334 321 Love to hear from you. Anything that you want to talk about sports-wise. And there's a chance. I mean, let's not go crazy here. A lot of things got to line up. There's a chance you're talking about the number one team in the country. Oh, I don't think it's that unlikely. Alabama. I mean, Purdue's got Purdue's got games that they could lose. I think some people would argue. I think it's an interesting. Purdue, is Purdue the only Big Ten team that's ranked? Is that right? Is Purdue the only one that's uh, that? That would be. I had not seen the. Oh, but you know, we got to ask. We got to ask Zepp about College Charleston. By the way, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's come up in our conversations. But his former school is one of the remarkable yeah. group of five stories right now in. Uh, in NCAA men's basketball, they are uh, they're on a remarkable win streak, and they're up to twenty one and one on the season, and eighteenth in the uh, most recent uh, AP poll. So we'll we'll talk to Zepp about uh, the, uh, the the team he uh, he uh, he formerly played for. But yeah, I, th- I think that's mm-hmm. correct, Bill. The only the only team in the Big Ten and the, uh, the the only Big Ten team in the uh, in, in the AP top twenty five is the number one right team. now is the number one team in the country, and that's the uh, and also no Duke, which you don't see very often, and no North Carolina. Which you don't see very often in the AP poll, both missing the poll in the uh, same week. And then there was there was a there was a story about I think it's the women's poll. This is the first the first time there's ever been no Texas team in the uh, in, in the hmm. Associated Press uh, for the first time in the 47 year history of the Associated Press women's basketball poll. There is not a team from Texas. In the top twenty-five, which mm. is a an incredible little piece of history, that for that long there was someone from that state, Baylor, of course, a powerhouse of late in women's oh, basketball. Yeah. Texas and Texas A and M have both had uh, extended periods of success as well. But uh, yeah, we're seeing some. Uh, I mean, we're we're seeing some unlikely teams rise to the top in the sport, and some of that, you know, I, I think has to do with some of the changes as far as roster management and uh, what attracts players to schools these days. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it's a sport in some uh, in, in, in a state of uh, in a state of flux. Oh, that, there's no question about it. A lot of different names, names that you aren't familiar with. Uh, if you're out of touch lo- much longer than I, or so I mean, well, you're yeah. out of touch for you don't pay attention for a year or two, and you look back and go, wait, this isn't bad. This can't be college basketball. And you've got name brands, you know, near the top as well. We're not going to. I mean, Kansas was uh, the number one. But team still, no Carolina or Duke. I mean, no, no, no Carolina, no Duke. How about this? You used to Kansas State in the top five uh, very often. Which uh, sh- shout out to the. Um, uh, there's, I believe, there are two different. Uh, there, you know, there are two different familiar names uh, for uh, for SEC fans and especially Auburn fans on that uh, on on that Kansas State team. You've got the player Keontae Johnson, formerly of the Florida Gators. Remember mm-hmm. the, uh, the the young man who suffered right. the terrifying cardiac incident mm-hmm. on the floor during the Florida Florida State game and was uh, not cleared to compete anymore at Florida. He's a big part. Did you realize Desi Sills 
is also on that Kansas State team. I did not. The Auburn guard that was almost at the Arkansas. The Arkansas tra- guard who was almost yes. an Auburn guard. Arkansas. Yes. You remember this guy, Brian? Ar- oh, Arkansas, yes. Arkansas player decided to come to Auburn. Similar situation to Grayson McCall. His, his credits weren't transfer over. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it was. Uh, it, I believe the report was that he wasn't going to be eligible uh, based on uh, his uh, his major not having you know a, a, an applicable sort of major at, at Auburn or something along those lines. Uh, he ended up at Arkansas State. Uh, played well in the Sun Belt. Actually, got to see Desi at the uh, Sun Belt tournament last year in Pensacola because I sat courtside for one of the Arkansas State games. And and now he's uh, now he's transferred and he's coming off the bench. Played really well in the Kansas Kansas State game. And a guy that Auburn almost had a couple of years ago. You know, fate sort of intervened. But Desi Sills is uh, is playing really well off the bench for Kansas State. They're the number five team in the country. Wow. So. so- it's it's fun to see the names. Yeah, it is. I watch. Well, I mean, and, and and in these days of the transfer portal, uh, you can lo- you can lose track of players and like, wow, that, that's where they are now. Saw saw uh, Devin Cambridge playing big minutes at Arizona State against UCLA mm-hmm. this weekend as well, and his brothers on the is team. His, I was going to say, are they still both there? Yeah, you got the Cambridge brothers both playing big minutes for Arizona State. They they played He's become a, a really good three point shooter. Yeah, how about that. They yeah. are. They, they were a they were a very. I mean, they they played Arizona. They played UCLA close, and you know looked looked like a tournament team. It was rocking, and they were at home, but still, I think the uh, I think the other I think the other Cambridge, not Devin. It starts um, with a D as I well. Know. It's like um, Desmond or something. So, so he hit, I think he hit a deep, uh, like a half-court three at the buzzer to, to end the first half in, in that game. But, yeah, uh, is it, uh, maybe it's Dylan. Uh, but it's, it, it starts with a D is the only thing I can remember. The, 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 Cam- the Cambridge brothers, including uh, former Auburn uh, forward uh, Devin Cambridge, are both playing big minutes there at Arizona State. So it's, it's cool to see some guys that, you know, yeah. you, you wish them the best for the most part in their, in their after. Is, uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, the... the uh, Justin uh, uh, from uh, K- Kentucky, Herbert, Kentucky, Justin Kentucky time. guard, Justin. the Kentucky oh, guard, Powell. Justin Powell. Is he is, is he in college? Is he still in college He's basketball? Uh, he went way out there. west, and then I don't know what happened. Didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he go up to the the upper northwest? Somewhere, I thought he went to Washington, but I can't. Yeah, I was thinking Washington, Washington State. Maybe he's at Washington State. That's uh, that's that rings a bell. Now that I think about it, anyways, it's you know, there's lots of a. Uh, that, that's one of the things is there's lots of turnover, and sometimes yeah, you remember those Washington uh, State. Yep. I think uh, I think Dessou, the averaging Van- twelve points right now. Is that right? Yep. I, w- I want to say the Van- the former Vanderbilt forward uh, that, that we that we talked about a lot when he was playing there. Oh yeah, people wanted. Uh, he was he was a good good looking big guy. People were thinking maybe he could find a find a home at Auburn if he was in the transfer portal looking to looking to stay in the SEC. I think he's playing big minutes at uh, at, at Texas as well. I think he's uh, yeah he's he started uh, started eighteen games for the Longhorn this year. Uh, Dylan Dessou, former formerly of Vanderbilt. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Monday Drive. You're live on The Drive. (laughs) The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes. So, since it's a final few minutes and we don't have any callers, let's do it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get it. All right, I was just I was telling the guys, uh, you know how how cool some of the acts were, and we were talking about talent and things like that. Dan then said something that absolutely I agree with, and I, and Brian is is on board as well. Oh, you know I am. Uh, well, I mean we're we're all we're all big music fans as well. 
And I love a good show. I mean, I love being there and see. I, I am I am always very impressed when a performer is as good live as when you've heard them produced. And the the the, the you know the only way you find that out is if you get a chance to see them in person. I would love it, and I don't know who I I don't know in the bureaucracy who makes these decisions, but I think. It would be amazing if Auburn booked a stadium-quality act to play Jordan-Hare Stadium every June or every July. If it became something of a tradition that some kind of big-time artist, whether they're currently on tour and they book Jordan-Hare as the venue, or if they're an act that is playing it as a special occasion, I mean, I, I think that if you if you had someone who could sell 65, 70, 75,000 seats yeah. to a concert... To perform it at Jordan Hare Stadium, I think would be with the you know especially, and I know there's different layouts, but if you could do it, well, you do it underneath the, do it in the end zone underneath the underneath the giant screen, and then people in the rest of the stadium oh, that's can see right. the show see, with with the with the giant screen underneath. Right. I, I think whether it's I was I th- this this idea came yesterday because I, I encountered some Pearl Jam fans at the at the airport, and Pearl Jam is a band that for folks who may not realize now they don't really release music that gets played on the radio or charts. But if Pearl Jam plays a oh, show, a huge. They, they, yeah. I mean, Pearl Jam could sell fifty-five thousand seats to just about any stadium in the continental United States that said that, that holds fifty-five thousand seats. You too, if they were on tour, could do something. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, the, yeah, the, the, I mean, these. I mean, there are artists. Garth Brooks had one hundred and one thousand people at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge very recently. You saw him in in Birmingham. Birmingham. Mm-hmm. These sorts of things. There are more modern pop acts. You know, I mean, throw Taylor Swift oh, out yeah. there as a name or something like that. I mean, I just think that's something that. I would hope that Auburn realizes the resource that it has with with a venue. Hey, we had a shot at the Stones before, and there were there were rumors about there were rumors about Garth Brooks potentially. I know yep, we've, we've talked were. about that sort of thing. My my parents went to the Kenny Chesney show uh, years ago and had a great time, and hoped something like that would be replicated. So I don't know. I just I hope that's something that hasn't been completely tabled. Especially there's been some new administrations, right? Like there are different people mm-hmm. making yes. decisions. These oh sorts yes. of things. I would hope that's something that could be on the table uh, moving forward. Is is to uh, is to try to get you know not all the time because I understand you want to keep the football. No, but well, no, you're right. Think well, about all the great acts that played back. And Beardies back in the day, Elvis, oh, yes. the yes. King himself, Bill saw it. Elton John, I was yeah, I was an usher for the Elvis. Yeah. The Stones, the Stones yep. played, I believe, on the Gimme Shelter tour that that culminates at uh, Altamont, the music mm-hmm. festival that ends in tragedy. Uh, the, the Gimme Shelter film is about Auburn played Beardies on that tour. A, a couple of uh, the Rolling Stones played Auburn. Hey, everybody at, at played. Everybody played it for about two years back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it would be would be great. So okay, that's that's something. That's a project. Yeah, we'll, we'll work, work on, on that. Yeah, we'll do that. Brian, let everybody know how they can uh, keep up with everything that you and the guys are doing. I appreciate it. run down tomorrow. Lots of updates on the well, not the portal anymore, but basketball and 2024 recruiting in Auburn's junior day and more. And follow you, AuburnSports.com. Be Matt AU.